0: Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. God, we get in agreement this morning. Lord, we get in unity right now, God, under in the inspiration of your presence that's in this house. And I pray, God, that you connect our hearts together as one. God, we get in unity right now, and we pray for rain in this country. We pray that you would open up the windows of heaven, and that you would pour out physical rain on this land. God, we just we get an agreement, and we pray, God, we can see it with our hearts and envision the size of a man's hand that's coming up over the ridge. And Lord, I just pray right now, God, Randall Potter County, surrounding areas. I pray, God, for rain to fall in this land. In Jesus' mighty name. God, I pray that as the word goes forth this morning, I pray that it would not return void, but it accomplish what it's meant and sent to do. I pray, Lord, that you would move mountains today. I pray that you would move mindsets. God, I pray that offenses would be broken in this house. Generational curses. God, I pray that you would do what only you can do. Do what only you can do, so we look to you this morning. Open up eyes to see and ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. I'm y'all thankful to be in the house of the Lord today. Praise God. Well, look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you finally came to church. Amen. Well, you may be seated. I'm happy to be in the pulpit this morning. I've been out for a couple weeks. I've missed you guys. How many of y'all were blessed by the ministry of Todd Bailey last week? Wasn't that great? Amen. Well, if you would do me a favor, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 27, and I'm going to get into the Word here uh, real quick. Uh, Before I do, there's a few things that I want to announce. So we're we're actually going to have three. I'm going to be like Robert Morris. Put your finger in Matthew 27, put another one in Mark 15, and another one in John 19. But before I do that, I do want to announce to you that tonight we are having an open house for our very first year of Arena of Life Christian School. And so, uh, amen. Isn't that exciting? And uh, as of this week, we have 60 kids that are signed up to come. And and so it's exciting deal. In fact, after the service, you'll have an opportunity to buy a chopped beef sandwich to support the school, and we'd love for you to do that. Buy them for your neighbors. Buy them for everybody, all right? $8 a bag. But uh, I, I just want to let people know that tonight, that being an open house... That is for parents of kids that are attending, also for the kids, but also, too, if you hadn't heard about this and you're like, wow, this is brand new information, I'd like to send my kid to a Christian school, I, uh, I want to invite you, if you're interested in an arena of life, we'd love to see you tonight. And so, that being said, if you're just a member of the congregation, the way that you can help us and support us is stay home. Because we have lots of things going on, on here, and there's going to be a lot of people. We love your support, but pray from the house. Amen? And so, uh, uh, but we're excited of what God is doing right here at Arena of Life. How many of y'all know Arena of Life is making a difference in Amarillo, Texas? Amen? How many of y'all ready for the word today? Uh, let me just, how many of y'all were here for camp meeting? Let me see a show of hands. All right. Let me see a show of hands who are not at camp meeting. All right, just keep, them hand, keep your hand raised. This isn't punishment or anything like that. All right, who is it? All right. <laughs> Where do you live? All right. Checks in the mail. Something's coming your way. No. Um, uh, the, the reason, I, I preach this message at Camp Meeting, and I believe it's a timely word for such a time as this is the body of Christ. And um, just that whole sermon series at Camp Meeting was make an impact, build an empire, and leave a legacy. And, you know, that's my heart's desire as a believer. That's my heart's desire over my kids. That's my heart's desire that in my neighborhood that I do that, that I make an impact, that I build, a, uh, build an empire, and I leave a legacy. Amen? And I believe all of us. And so it's just been stirring in my heart, and this pastor told me that making an impact, I really felt like... There were so many messages that I wanted to preach about people who made an impact. I mean, I think about David. I think about Jonah. I think about Daniel in the lion's den. I think about all these people. So over the next couple weeks, we're going to dive into this of these big stories in the Bible and how they made an impact and look look at it from a street corner. And uh, this particular text, this is where I saw it from. is from a street corner. How many of y'all know you need to look at the biblical text, but also to how it relates to you today? Uh, Right? And lots of times that's how the word does to me. And when I read that this year, and and the reason that I'm even sharing this is because every year I get a new Bible. And the reason that I do that is because I have notes of the Bibles that I've read in the past years and I can't even read the notes that I wrote down in my Bible. And so, right, how many of y'all have ever done that before? It's like, what was I saying here? I have no clue what I said. But what I like to do is get a new translation, and and I'd been studying a lot of Rick Renner and how he had uh, picked apart the King James from the Concordance and the Greek and the Hebrew, and so I thought, I have read every translation, every year, New King James, I've read it several times, New Living Testament, NIV, uh god's word translation went through the whole bible but this last year in 2021 i read through the whole bible king james version and i want to tell you if you're a brand new believer don't do that all right if you're reading the bible through don't go to the king james there's words in there i still don't know how to pronounce all right right leroy am i the only one it's hard right and so anyways, I read through the Bible and there were some key things that I picked up that I'd never seen in any other translation and this is a particular one of them. The text starts off here where Jesus has died on the cross. He has not yet been raised from the dead. He is on the cross there at Golgotha and there's a man that steps up on a scene that made an impact. He built an empire and he left his legacy and his name is Joseph of Arimathea. Are you ready to go with me in the word? Matthew 27 and verse 57, it says, when the even was come... There came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. Now, if you would go with me to Mark chapter 15. It says in verse 43, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor. Everybody say honorable counselor. It goes on to say, which also waited for the kingdom of God. Everybody say waited for the kingdom of God. Came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. And Pilate marveled if he were already dead, and calling unto him the centurion, he asked him whether he had been any while dead. And when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. And he bought the fine linen, and took him down, and wrapped him in the linen, and laid him in a sepulcher, which he hewn out of the rock, and rolled the stone into the door of the sepulcher. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, beheld where he was laid. One more text, John chapter 19, same story. Just some things that I want to take out of the text for the preaching moment this morning. John 19 and verse 38, and it says, And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night. We'll call him Nick at night." And brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes about a hundred pound weight. Then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in a linen cloth with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden and in the garden, a new sepulcher wherein was never made man yet laid. There laid they Jesus therefore because of the Jews preparation day for the sepulcher was night and day. Before I get into the text and really the topic of what I'll be talking about this morning, I think we need to look at the details of a man who went to all the world. We look at a man who that stood up for such a time as this, a guy by the name of Joseph of Arimathea. And I think it's important that we look at the details of somebody here that, that, that did something unusual and unordinary, something that... Uh, if we're not careful, we'll just skip over at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is in all four Gospels, but I believe there's something of a mark that he leaves with each and every one of us. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 15, it says that this man, Joseph of Arimathea, was an honorable counselor. That's why I wanted you to say it, because it's important that you get the details of this guy. We know what he did, but I want to I wanna paint a picture in your, uh, your heart this morning of who he was. He was. An honorable counselor, in fact, that word honorable, I looked it up in the Greek, it means refers to people who have a good reputation, people who have a good standing in society, or people who are promote, prominent, influential, and wealthy. I, uh, contrary to what the internet tells you of what TikTok says and those preachers on YouTube and Instagram, I don't care what they have said, you can be wealthy and serve God. Amen. I should get an amen from more than one person. How many of y'all know you can be wealthy and serve the Lord? You can be wealthy and serve the Lord. I believe that with all my heart. And there's people that come on there and says money is the root of all evil. No, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. I've I've known many people that they may have not gone into all the world, but they sent people to go into all the world because they had the means to do it. I'm just here to tell you this morning, don't let Facebook or, or Instagram or some TikTok preacher tell you that you have to be broke the rest of your life. I'm here to tell you that we serve a God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he wants you to be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. And whatever, your hand puts your, whatever you put your hand to will prosper. How many of y'all believe that this morning? So you need to see this as a prominent man. In fact, the only way that he would have a position to even go speak before the governor or the king, he would have to have some kind of clout about him. He would have to have some kind of patch on his shirt. He would have to be known in the society of where he was. See, why, that's why I think it's so important that us as the body of Christ, can I tell you the body of Christ is more powerful than any Lions Club? How many of y'all agree with that? I believe the body of Christ is more powerful than the country club. I believe the body of Christ is more powerful than the Senate. I believe the body of Christ, come on, don't shout me down while I'm preaching good. I believe the body of Christ has more power than any congressman that is in the White House in Washington, D.C. I believe that the body of Christ has more power than the president inside the White House, no matter if you like him or if you don't like him. What did Jesus say? He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm telling you, there is power in this room when there is unity in this room. Come on, I, I, I'm here to bring unity in the room today. I believe there's power in this little girl because Christ lives on the inside of her. More power than anything, come on, that the enemy tries to bring. And so it says he's honorable. So I think that's why it's important. And I've been preaching this over the last couple of weeks that we get involved. You get, in, Moms, you get involved in the PTA board. Well, then mamas, you don't know them. No, I get it. I don't drive what they drive. I don't look how they look. It doesn't matter. You need to have the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Get over yourself and bring something to the table that that school needs. It's Jesus. Come on. It's Jesus. So he is honorable. I, I better keep moving here. Counsellor. the Bible says this, counselor. This word means a member of the Sanhedrin. It's the same word that would be used for a Roman senator. This was completely against the rules for him to have anything to do with Jesus because Jesus taught a message that was totally against the beliefs of their religious system. Um, his position was on not only, what I want you to see here is his position was not only of great honor, it was of great respect. But this guy of great honor and this guy of great respect, the Bible says in Mark 15 that he waited, in Luke it says it as well, he waited for the kingdom of God. How many of y'all know, to wait for something, you have to know what something is. He knew what the kingdom of God was. In fact, you, in, in fact, I believe this in, in John chapter three, when Nicodemus, Nick at night, when he comes in the night and he begins to tell Jesus, "In order for you to perform the miracles that you do, you have to have God living on the inside of you." That's when he begins to speak to Nicodemus, and he tells him, he's, he's a man of the same sanhedrin. He's a man of the same position. That he came to him in the night. Why did he come in the night? Because he had to do it in secret. He was a man of position and power, but he knew he saw something in Jesus. And in order for him to wait for the kingdom of God, he had to know what the kingdom of God was. I believe that secretly he was out in a crowd and he heard Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, the Lord's Prayer, when he talked about treasure of your heart. And all the things that he began to set up a kingship. Probably one of the flagship sermons that Lord has showed me is out of Revelation chapter 4 where it's the revelation of the prophecy of Ezekiel 1 where he looked across the sea of glass. In fact, when you study Revelations 4, it's a perfect description of the rapture of Jesus Christ coming back for the church. But the apostle John begins to speak and he said, I saw a sea of glass and I saw the face of a lion. I saw the face of the ox. I saw the face of the man and I saw the face of the eagle. And those of you that have been in here, you've probably heard me preach this before, but at the face of the lion goes back to the book of Matthew. The face of the ox goes back to the face or the book of Mark because that's where he's a servant. The face of the man is the, is the book of Luke because that's where we celebrate Christmas. The face of the eagle is because of the story of Lazarus where he's raised from the dead. But lion, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he came and he roared. And what a lion does is he separates things. Does he not? When he eats something, he separates things. You read the book of Hosea. When the lion of the tribe of Judah that we read about in Revelation chapter 5, that he comes back to the church, he's going to separate the sheep from the goat. Right? That's why it's so important that we keep our lives right right now, our heart pure for the Lord. But in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, I believe this leader of the Sanhedrin was there because he's preached Something that was different. He preached as a man with authority. He preached from a place of passion. Jesus, as he begins to preach on the Sermon on the Mount, he preached as the king of the jungle. That I'm not living by the ways and principles of this world. I've come to be set apart of a new kingdom. How many of y'all believe Jesus did that? Am I losing you this morning? So this explains to me As he waited for the kingdom of God, that word waited means he fully and completely took uh, something without reservation or hesitation. He was waiting. He said, What I heard about in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, I can't wait for that to be fulfilled. And rather than sitting on the fence, I've got to do something about it. What is it that I can do? I'm waiting. I'm telling you, God God has called each and every one of us as people of God to be leaned in. What is it that I can do to bring the kingdom of God in my family? What is it that I can do to bring the kingdom of God in my business? What is it that I can do to bring the kingdom of God in Amarillo, Texas? Are you hearing me this morning? And this explains why Joseph was attracted to the ministry of Jesus because of Joseph's deep hunger and longing to see the kingdom of God. He ventured out to see this Jesus of Nazareth. So we see who he is, and in Mark 15, this man of great honor and great respect, the Bible says he craved for the body of Christ. In John 19, it says he went boldly to Pilate, but this is the first time because of the fear of the Jews. So what happened was, is he came out of hiding and he came out of secret to beg for the body of Christ. Can I tell you, there's too many Christians today that are Christians in secret. How many of y'all know there's people going to hell? There's people going to hell. You have neighbors that are going to hell. You have family members that are going to hell. Can I tell you, we as believers, it's, we can't live a, Chris, a secret Christian life no more. That's, right. That's the first thing I see about this is he before he begged for the body of Christ, he comes out a secret to beg for him. Listen. Nobody cares about your Christian t shirt. Can I just be real honest? Nobody cares about your Christian crosswall that you put on Facebook. Nobody cares that you listen to um, K Love. Thank you. Who said that? Air One, K Love. And am I saying all those things are bad. No, I'm not saying that. People twist those things all the time. Well, I guess I ought to get rid of my crossball. People are going to go home taking them down. <laughs> uh, there's going to be some deals on Facebook. You know, nobody cares about that. They care about how you live. They care about what you post on Facebook. Isn't it ironic? You know, yesterday, I, I shod three-head here down at the arena uh, for some people that I've known for a long time, Clayton, New Mexico. When I got out of the truck, and this is how I shoe horses in the summer, I don't have a golf tan. I call it a horseshoe tan. I shoe in a tank top, shorts, um, ankle socks, and sneakers. Then I put my leggings over it. It's very beautiful. You would love it. <laughs> You're like, yesterday... He pulls up and he goes, Horseshoers don't wear shorts. Listen, my identity is not how I look. My identity is found in what I do to the horse. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me this morning? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Nobody cares about your Christian t-shirt. Nobody cares about the Christian cross that you have around your neck. And I love your Christian cross, but people care about how you live your life. The proof... That is in the pudding. Are you hearing me this morning? Did you wear your steel toe boots to church today? Let's go. But what I love about Joseph of Arimathea, now I want to talk about what he did, but he was blessed to be a blessing to the body of Christ. And the next thing that I see here, he begged for the body of Christ. And I want to ask you the question, are you willing to beg for the body of Jesus? You're like, well, the body's been dead for 2,000 years. Well, actually, it's been risen for 2,000 years. Now, from a street corner view, as I read that this year, I thought he begged for the body of Christ. I believe God's put something on the inside of me to beg. You know, the Apostle Apostle Paul, all through all the epistles that he wrote, he talks about us people right in here as the body of Christ. So I'm going to ask you the question this morning. Are you willing to beg for the body of Christ? Are you ready? Let's jump into the text here. I I love it that Joseph of Arimathea and Matthew, Mark, and the Gospel of John that we read this morning, he created a place for the body of Christ inside of his city. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Come on. He said to himself, it's too precious to decay. It's too precious to rot. It's too precious to just lay up there and die. Can I tell you, we live in a city where there is a church at every corner? You can be in neighborhoods and run into a church. It's like nobody knew they were here. Like, what in the world? There's a lot of dead churches. But I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of a church that's alive and well and pursuing after the things of righteousness. That's making a difference. Amen? I declare over you that you'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Yeah. Amen? And so he said, I want to create a place for the body in my city. What I also love about the text was he, he said, I'm going to position the body. Think about this. I want to be a part, uh, one of the people that positions the body to go from a death place to a resurrected place. I don't know about you, but I wanna bring something to the house of God that brings resurrection power and not dead power. I'm gonna get into that in a minute. So the first thing I see is this, is he begged for the body of Christ. The second thing that I see here is he had compassion. He had a burden for the body of Christ. Think about this. The body of Christ, it was broken, it was bleeding, it was torn apart, it didn't look like him. You know, if you're not a nurse, uh, you're going to run from these things, or else I am. If I see bones sticking out, I'm like, yeah. There's people for this. One of the things that ministered to me years ago in the, in the uh, Boston bombing, y'all remember that, the marathon bombing? When I turned on the TV and I saw what was going on, I remember getting a notification on my phone, and then I remember turning on the television, and people were running from the bomb. But there was a few selected people that were running at, after the bomb. I don't know about you, but if I beg for the body of Christ, I've got to be willing to go to places that nobody else wants to go. I need to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. So think about this. Compassion, he had a heavy burden. Those of you that have kids, you know what I'm talking about. You know, when they beg, let me give you insight. When they get right here, or you've watched enough Hollywood, When you beg for something, what are the words that come out of your mouth? I'll do anything. You do say please. But you say, I'll do anything. Think about this. If you beg for the body of Christ and you say, you know what, I'll do anything. I'm willing to put my place at a humble, my, my position... I don't care how up I am in the place in the church. I don't care how up I am in society. I don't care how up I am. I'm willing to say, God, I'll do anything for the body of Christ. Come on, if we came into a humble place, and 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 I preached this like I said at camp meeting, and, and Cindy, she calls me or, or met me after the service, and she said, as you were preaching that, the Lord showed me this, and I thought it was very fitting. How many of y'all remember the band Meat Loaf? Come on. There's a song that fits this message perfect. All right? And you know, when you sing things like Meat Loaf or REO Speedwagon or, come on, a lot of the songs that I sing all the time in here, all the religious devils leave the building. All right? So if this offends you, just wait till the end of the service. You're going to get even more offended. All right? You ready? Call Pastor Robert. <laughs> Meatloaf Meet sang this song. I would do anything for love. Oh, I already got people singing with me. <laughs> Come on, this is church this morning. We all get in unity. Oh, I would do anything for love. Let's do it one more time. Oh, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. I'm telling you, religious devils are leaving the building right now. Oh, I got the spirit of meatloaf on me right now. Come on, can I tell you? I've seen that in the body of Christ forever. I'll do anything. But I won't do that. Pastor, I'll do anything. All right, God's called you to tithe and to give. But I won't do that. I'll do anything. I want you to change di- diapers in the nursery. But I won't do that. Come on, put flags out. And come on, put those, put those flags out there in the ditch. I will do it. But I, but I, but I won't do that. Come on. I want to do something that's out there in front of everybody where people see who I am. Like, look at my outfit. Look how good I look but I won't do that. You know, I've had that spirit of meatloaf in my house before. <laughs> my kids <laughs> take out the trash, but I won't do that. I've probably had it with Brandy before when she wants me to put the clothes actually in the laundry basket, but I won't do. All right, moving on. You get the point this morning. Come on, if we're, if we're going to beg for the body of Christ, we're going to say, you know what? I won't do that. Rather than say, I'll do that, and I'll do that, and I'll do that, and I'll do that, and I'll do that. I don't care about what people think about me. I'm just here to make a difference, to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem, to run to the bomb rather than run away from the bomb. Because God's given me compassion. Here's the third thing that I see right here. The first thing I see is compassion. Number two, or sorry, he, he begged for the body of Christ. Number two, he had compassion. Number three was this. He brought a clean linen. The Bible says he brought a clean linen to wrap the body of Christ in. And as I read that from a street corner's view, I just thought to myself, and there's so many biblical things of what that meant. Like there's so much stuff that you could undig, couldn't you, Pastor Robert? But what I saw was from a street corner view was if I'm... If my hands are going to touch the body of Christ, I need to add to its cleanliness. I don't want to have dirty hands picking up a white sheet. Now, I realize everybody in here, we make mistakes. And there's times where we need, that. we definitely need to always ask for repentance. But can I tell you, God has called us to live a holy life. He's called us to live a holy life. I shared this years ago when we first moved into our house. I was like Wilson on... Uh home improvement looking at my neighbor Where you could only see eyes you know what i'm talking about And we were fixing to go on a trip and this uh, my particular neighbor he um th- They were actually it's not this house. It was a different house but but uh, Before this one and we just moved in and I was talking to him and I knew him through ministry of another church here in town And he was heavily involved inside of his church and things like that and uh We're looking at each other, and and I said, hey, we're fixing to take the boat down to Austin. We're going to be there for a few days, look after the place. He goes, oh, we love Austin, me and my wife. And He said, "Um, do you know about such and such street in Austin, Texas? I said, no, I don't. He goes, oh, man, it's so fun. They got all these bars and and music, and I'm telling you, the drinks, they have these specials and things like that. Do you and Brandy like to go to bars? I said, no, we're Christians. Is that hard anymore? Come on, God's called us to be separate from the world. Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't care how your neighbor, that's part of what such and such church. I'm telling you, as your pastor, if you're going to grow in the Lord, and if you're going to live in victory, you can't live how they live. You can't talk how they talk. You can't do what they do. You've got to be separate and set apart a holy life. Are you hearing me this morning? God's, God's called us to something bigger, holy, um, uh, holy life, separate and sacred from any other thing. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 2, New King James, it says, To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all, with all who are in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. You know what I love about this text, especially, I don't have time to break it down, but the city of Corinth, it was a bad, bad place, all right? It's like the city of lights. But you see it in this text right here. The church of God, God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, in a split second, God deemed these former pagan people holy, instantaneously, instantaneously transferring them into a category that has set them apart consecrated them, and made them different from everyone else in the city. Jerry Bridges, a commentary, he said this, God has not called us to be like those around us. He has called us to be like himself. Holiness is nothing less than conformity to the character of God. Can I tell you, God called us to get the body of Christ ready for a resurrected state. How many of you know Jesus is coming back for the church? Come on, how many of y'all really believe that Jesus is coming back for the church? Well, can I tell you, God wants to use the church to be a part of the resurrection power. God wants to use us. Jesus is coming back. And what I love about this, Nick at night, he shows up at the scene. And he shows up with myrrh. Now, myrrh had two things. It had healing power, but it also was to embalm the dead. So I believe Nicodemus shows up. He's like Mr. Boxwell in a black suit. And he says, all right, let's get him ready to put him in the ground. But then here come the Spice Girls with spices. All right? And as I read that, see, when I Spices made oil that anointed him. Can I tell you, if you're going to beg for the body of Christ, if you're going to have compassion for the body of Christ, if you're going to add to its cleanliness... You're either going to come in here on a Sunday morning and bring something dead or something alive. Something dead. Can I tell you what dead people do? Well, they're dead. They don't say anything. But if you're living a dead life, like, think about this. John 10 and verse 10 says that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I've said this many times before. If something is subtracting from your life, it's from the enemy. Because God multiplies and he adds. The enemy subtracts and divides. Are you hearing me? How many of y'all have had, ever had revelation of the enemy dividing in your life or subtracting from your life? But the Bible goes on to say, but, but God comes to give life and life more abundantly. And so if you're, if you're at a dead place, you're gonna create everybody else around you to be dead. Right? Living things don't want to be around dead things. Like yesterday, we went on a walk, and there was a dead squirrel in the road. It stunk. I wanted to get as far away from it as I can. And there's some of you, you're wondering why people don't want to get around you. It's because you complain like a dead person. Don't shout me down when I'm telling the truth. There's some of you, when you come in, all you can think about all the things that are wrong rather than all the things that are right. I'm just here to tell you, if we're going to make a difference, come on, if we're going to make an impact, if we're going to build a legacy, or or if we're going to build an empire, if we're going to leave a legacy, we've got to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. And so either you're going to bring something dead, or you're going to bring something that will anoint. I don't know about you, but I want to bring something that anoints. I'm coming, I, I'm almost done. Are, are, are y'all finished with me? Y'all ready? The next thing I see is this. He dug it out of a rock. Can I tell you, if you're gonna beg for the body of Christ, there's gonna be woo, 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 woo work involved. Yeah. Can I tell you, there's gonna be work involved. In fact, at camp meeting, I brought my shovel Stanley. Y'all remember last year when I talked about digging a ditch? And there's some of y'all, y'all were so excited. You're like, I'll do anything. You had that shovel in your hand, and then you went, but I won't do that. <laughs> and the reason I bought Stanley in here is because I wanted you to see it last year when I preached the sermon on Dig a Ditch. Remember changing the atmosphere and the story there? Everybody was motivated, and it was big, and it was powerful, but Stanley was clean. But can, I can honestly tell you, Stanley is not clean no more. Stanley's been in the ground. But there's some of you, Stanley's still clean. It's time to put Stanley the shovel in the ground and dig a ditch that you've been saying you would do for a long time. Can I tell you, God won't bless lazy people or stingy people? You know, when you when you have the heart of this, when you come into the house of God, and I'm not even talking about serving right now, this changed my life. When I started coming to church, rather than saying, what can I get? And I change it to what can I give? Amen. See, if you truly get the principle of sowing and reaping, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. The Bible says he gives seed to the sower. I was talking to Brian between services, and he's seeing the benefits of seed that he sowed years ago. And they're showing, they're blooming in his life. But it didn't happen yesterday. He put it in the ground. He watered it. He plowed. He did all the things of what a farmer does. And so, in the same principle of when you come to the house of the Lord, or even when you walk in your house, it's a principle of sowing and reaping. Rather than saying, "What can I get?" when you say, "What can I give?" So, in worship, when you come in, rather than saying, "What are they going to give me today?" you say, "What can I give today?" See, there's some of you just like that message of digging a ditch. You didn't dig a ditch because you came in with the heart of you gave that to me but then you didn't put the seed in the ground and your heart is not at a place where it's ready to reap because you've never sown anything it sure is quiet in here he dug it out of a rock think about the guy who he was of man of position a man of authority the Bible says he didn't get somebody to dig it out. It says he dug it out. In his suit and everything that he was, he said, If I'm at a place where I'm willing to beg for the body of Christ, I will do anything. I'm going to dig out a place for the body of Christ in my city. Can I say that again? I don't know about you, but I'm going to dig out a place for the body of Christ. In my city. The next thing that I see is this. And I'm coming to a close. This is a very important part. The Bible tells us that Mary and Mary. Both felt comfortable. At the body of Christ. Mary. The mother of Jesus. And Mary Magdalene. Can I remind you of Mary Magdalene. who she was. She was caught in the very act of adultery. In fact you read the story of the woman at the well. She was involved with not. Five men, but six men, but she met the seventh man that changed her life. She was caught up in all kinds of demonic things. She was full of devils, but she met this person named Jesus. So you have Mary, who is the mother of Jesus, the Virgin Mary, a very powerful person. In fact, on the cross, Jesus said, Behold Your mother took care of her. This is a very important person. But you also had one that was full of devils at one time. Can I tell you, if we're going to beg for the body of Christ and create a place for the body of Christ in this church, we've got to be willing to have a place where you have a whore on one end and the housewife on the other. Are you hearing me? Some of you can't just get past the fact that I said whore. My point is this. I'm like Martin Luther King Jr. I want a place where we have Andy Griffith, Aunt B, and Opie. And at the other end, we got the Adams family. Come on. Herman Munster. Walking into church. I I, I want to create a place in the body of Christ. If I'm going to dig out the body of Christ, where we got George Strait on one end, and we got Led Zeppelin sitting at the other end. Come on, that's what the body of Christ needs to be. Where we have rich folks and poor folks. Where we have people that don't even vote like us. I said it. Come on, how I many y'all know we need to, we need to create a, bo- a place for the body of Christ where everyone feels love in the house of God. Are you hearing me? I shared this story at, it can't be, now I believe it's still very fitting today. Jensen Franklin, and this is from Jensen Franklin, but he went to the Lord and he said, God, uh, he was struggling with like, now we're in this world where it's full of pride week, where we have pride month and we have all these things with homosexuals. And, and I'll say this, what, what he said, even then that we'll always love the sinner, but we hate the sin. I don't care what the world has tried to tell you. And there's, these gay preachers on Facebook and things like that. I'm telling you, the word is very clear about homosexuality. And we will always love the homosexual and we will hate the homosexuality. And we'll continue to pray for them and encourage them. But, and so this is the heart of what Jensen Franklin had. And he goes before the Lord and he's like, I'm just trying to understand this. And God, how can you use free life? Or, or I forget the name of the church. I think it's whatever it is. It's like, use us. To make a difference to this community. But not bend to the culture of their their beliefs. God I just want you to use us. And he's began to think about homosexuals. How they're attracted to their own kind. But God went before. God spoke to Jensen Franklin. He said you're pointing a finger at the homosexual. When the church is a homosexual. H-O-M-O-S-E-T-U-A-L. We're attracted only to our kind. How can you go into all the world if you're just attracted to your own kind? I've had people in my office today say, I'm going to quit my job. People around me cuss. Boo-hoo. Find a job where people aren't going to cuss. Well, i got lost people that I work with. God said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Pull your pants up. Read the word of God. Get boldness on the inside of you. Wherever you go, there's going to be a devil. Somebody told me in ministry, the higher the level, the bigger the devil. It's so true. One more thing. Are y'all getting something out of this this morning? I feel like y'all are bleeding like the body of Christ. (laughs) I know I was when I began to put it together. I read a commentary, and this is what changed me. This, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I am coming to a close. And I'm not going to lie to you like Todd Bailey did. <laughs> <laughs> Preach 30 more minutes. <laughs> uh, Todd, if you're listening, we still love you. Commentary read this. If he had not begged, he knew it would be torn to pieces. See, you need to know this. Romans, when they would crucify somebody, they would leave them there especially a man of such stout like, like Jesus was and people followed, they would leave him there because the buzzards would come and tear their body apart. So basically, when he begged for the body of Christ, he was begging for unity, to keep it together. Can I tell you, we don't have the luxury of disunity in the body of Christ anymore. We don't have the luxury we do not have the luxury. We've got to come together. When I read the book of John this last year, in John chapter 11, Jesus says three words. In John chapter 11, to, to bring Lazarus out of the grave, he said, Lazarus, come forth. But then you get to J- uh, John chapter 17, five times Jesus prays, make them one. The Lord whispered in my ear, and he said, this, it takes more prayer to unify the body of Christ than it does to raise somebody from the dead. I hate to say it, but it's true. God's called us to be in unity. You know, across this room, we don't have the the luxury of being in disunity. In this room right here, the body of Christ, we don't have the luxury. The whole world is disunified. The Republicans from the Democrats... Come on, in here right now, I promise you, there is people that think one way about COVID and there's other people on the far end of the spectrum. There's people that think one way about the COVID shot. There's people that think one way about the mask. Now, I know it kind of came up about me. I mean, I've said it at Walmart. I would rather die than wear your mask. And there's some of you like, oh. But my whole point is this. Who cares about the mask? Who cares about the shot? Come on, who cares about those things? Know what we need to care about? People, people, people. I did this three weeks ago. Before I got this message, I was driving down, (laughs) leaving my place. I Uh, I shouldn't laugh about it, but guy has a big bed sign in his yard. The guy was the lawn company was mowing his yard, and I put ten bucks out the window, and I said, "Here's ten bucks if you run over that with the lawnmower, please." <laughs> but you know what? It's like even the guy across the street here a couple weeks ago. He began to tell me, uh, or not directly across the street, but um, in my neighborhood, he said, "We need full-on gun control in Texas." Well, I was thinking. Do you know who you're talking to? If you ever came to my basement, you would hate my guts. (laughs) But you know what I didn't do? I didn't say, you know, I didn't give him the finger. I didn't be like, go crazy. I didn't talk about him on Facebook. Listen, just because we disagree on guns, can I agree? Can we agree on this, that Jesus died? He was buried, and on the third day, he rose again. Come on, and that he's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. Can we agree on that? Because that's the thing we need to agree on. Amen? I mean, there's some of you out there. You, you, the Bible says this, only a fool argues with a fool. I've been in Facebook jail enough times to know that that's correct. Alright? But can I tell you when let me just tell you what an outsider told me when you argue with those people and they know that you're a believer, yeah. Come on. what they want in their life is unity. Yeah. Only a fool argues with a fool. Yeah. Am I saying we need to just crawl in the corner and give up? Absolutely not. Would you go back to Washington, DC a hundred thousand times? Yes. But I'm going to do it with the mentality of this. I've begged for the body of Christ. I've begged for the body of Christ. Can we agree on this? Can we agree on that he died, he buried, and on the third day rose again? I have neighbors that are Catholic. They're Catholics. And they you know what they do? They put Mary on the pedestal. And they completely, I disagree with the way they agree. But can I agree on this? That Jesus died, he buried, and on the third day, he rose again. Amen. You know, the Baptists don't believe about the Holy Spirit like I believe. But I have tons of Baptist friends. Amen. I'm just here to tell you, the whole world is disunified. Can we get unified? Like there's some of y'all right here in this room that you won't get involved in a ministry because so-and-so is in there. You won't come to special you, you night. Won't, you won't come to a woman's meeting because you don't get along with women. They're all the problem. No? Oh yeah. Okay. All women are? I'm here to tell you. Get over yourself and let's get in unity. Come on. How many of y'all know? We need to get in unity. If anybody needs to be in unity, it's the body of Christ. If anybody needs to be in unity, it is the body of Christ. Red, yellow, black, brown, and white, and orange for President Trump. Come on. All are precious in his sight. Come on, can we not join together and say, you know what? I'm going to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. You're like, Pastor, that's going to be hard for me. That's what you're doing. You're saying, but I won't do that. No, you say, no, I'll even do that. I'll push past." but you know what I think about, you know, all those things. You know what? Let's agree on this, that we need the anointing in this place. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. I shod the horses for the play Texas for many years. Many years. Shot the Belgian horses that pulled the wagon, if you've ever been to the play Texas, but the big working horses with the big feet. And I remember the guy came down and he said, have you ever done the study of a Belgian or a, you know, a Shire cross or any of, you know, those big pulling animals, draft horses? He said this, he said, one, it's amazing the power of what one has. But when you get put two together, It increases their power by like seven. Not by two, but by seven. And when you put three, it's like 20 times the power of one. I'm just here to tell you, think about the people's lives that would be impacted if we just got in unity in this room. Put our opinions to the side. Can I tell you, no one cares about your opinion anyway. And there's some of you in here, I have the same opinion as you. I do. There's some of you in here, I have the exact opposite opinion of you. But can we all agree on this? That we have a Savior that died, that was buried, and on the third day rose again. I'm telling you, when we get in agreement on that, that there is people that still need to hear the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we'll get on our knees and we'll say, we will do anything. I'll do anything. So as we come to a close, that's what I want to do. I want us to lock arms together. You're like, I don't know these people in my row. This is the whole point of this message. Were you listening? (gasps) Come on, let's lock arms. Let's lock arms together. Come on. If this is uncomfortable for you, this this, this is the first step. Right? Right here. I think... We ought to get together and just say, you know what, God, I'll do anything. Amen. I think we ought to beg for the body of Christ. Yes. I'm telling you, this, this is heavy on my heart today because there's so many things that get in the way. So many people, so many mindsets, so many opinions, so many Offenses. Where if we're not careful of the body of Christ, we're supposed to be powerful. We're only getting weaker. Yeah, on. Because we argue about things that is that are dumb. Yes. They're dumb. Amen. They're seriously stupid. Let's get in unity. Come on. And let's beg for the body of Christ. How many of y'all have loved ones that need to be saved? How many of y'all have people in your life that you, they need Jesus. You're like, I'm locked up. I can't raise my hands. <laughs> stick your nose in the air. No, don't stick your nose in the air. That's probably the opposite of what I'm trying to preach, Right? <laughs> you know what I'm telling you? There is Christians out there. I'm, I'm telling you, I have them on my block. That their nose is so far in the air, a 747, if it's not careful, will run into it. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be like that. Amen. I want to reach Everybody. I want to reach them all. I don't want to push them away. I, I want to run to the bomb, not away from the bomb. It's what God's called us as a church. If we're going to make an impact, yes. if we're going to build an empire, if we're going to leave a legacy, we've got to unify. There's going to be people that don't look like you. There's going to be people that don't dress like you. Come on, come on. There's going to be people that don't smell like you. There's going to be people that have this ink on their skin you're like, I was raised in a church. We're going to have like these piercings in places that you would think, oh. Listen. God's, Jesus still died. He still was buried. And on the third day rose again. Come on, even though they may not look like you, even though they may not think like you, even though they may not do things like you, God's called us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I'm telling you, we need to hear this today. So God, right now, in Jesus' name, with every head bowed, we beg for the body of Christ. And God, if there's any place in our life, Lord, where we have stuck our nose in the air, God, we repent and say, Lord, forgive us. Lord, we want you to be in raw form of power. God, it's our heart's desire that you heal the sick, that the lame walk, that the blind see. But God, I know that for years, there's things that have been blocking your power being done because of disunity in the body of Christ. And so God, I just pray right now, Lord, we beg. We beg for the body. We beg for lost ones. We beg for those loved ones. We beg for our neighbors. We beg, God, for those people that we work with. We beg. Lord, we beg for our leadership of this country. We beg for them, God. We pray for remnants of people that would have the same heart of the Joseph of Arimathea and have compassion and have that clean linen sheet and dig out a place in Washington, D.C., Dig out a place in Austin, Texas, God. Dig out a place in the north, the south, the east, and the west. God, I pray that you would use arena of life, God, to be a light in a dark world. Oh, to blaze a trail. To blaze a trail. To go where no man has gone before. To do what you've called us to do and be who you've called us to be. So, God, we get in unity now in Jesus' name. As the act of locking our arms together, God, in our hearts, we lock our our hearts together and say, God, we choose to do anything for love, and we'll even do that. In Jesus' name. Still with every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you're in this room today and you say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. I believe today is your opportunity to ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you. If you're a sinner, the Bible says that sin separates us from God. Maybe you were young at one time and you went to a vacation Bible school. Or maybe you were part of a camp. Or you met a neighbor at one time that introduced you to Jesus. But because of sin in your life, you have slowly departed from a walk with Christ. The Bible tells us very clearly if we admit our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You just need to believe that he died. He was buried, and on the third day, he rose again. He'd come live on the inside of you. And the third thing is this. Confess him as your Lord. He's faithful and just to forgive you. And I'm here to tell you this morning, we serve a God that doesn't matter what you've done, who you've hurt, what you've smoked, what you've snorted, what you've shot in your arm, what you've seen with your eyes. God says, I sent my son to forgive you as far as the east is from the west. If you're out there and you say, you know what, I'm away from... I'm away from my relationship with God. That's one. The number two, you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You say, you know what, pastor? You're talking to me right now. I believe that's the power of God going into oper- uh, going forth right now. So if that's you and you say, pastor, you know what? I need to get things right with God. If I was to die today, I don't know if heaven would be my home or hell would be my home. If you're at a crosswalk where you're saying, you know what? I don't know then you probably need to get your life right. So if that's you, you say, Pastor, you know what? You're talking to me. Just lift your hand. You can unlock from arms and say, you know what, Pastor, I need to get things right with God today. Is there anybody? Just lift your hand. I don't see any hands. All right. I believe everybody's saved. Then you all look at me. You know what? If we really take this message to heart, that means we need to invite people to have that opportunity, what we just prayed. That's right. Bring them here. We'll seal the deal for you. I want to end it with this. Oh, I would do anything for love. All right, let's do it together. Oh, I would do anything for love. And I'll even do that. Yes, I'll even Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise today. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our church center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.